You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. All right. <laughs> Dan's having a really good time with a cheese stick. A literal, like, it's, uh, it's very, it looks yeah. very slippery. It is Ew. incredibly slippery. <laughs> oh. More so than, I need a napkin. Here. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Here you go. Okay. All right. How Don't accept my help. Quiet. Fine. It's okay. It's fine. Not bitter. Is there a mute button? <laughs> a mute oh. button? Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Um, uh, okay. So. Uh, you good? The napkin is sticking to the cheese. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Don't describe it. This is the weirdest ASMR I've ever listened to. Oh, Welcome to the Livecast episode uh. number 89. We're currently dealing with a crisis. <laughs> I wouldn't really call it a crisis. It's a small crisis. It's a, at least it's better than having multiple crises. Um, I'm here with Dan, who's uh, having the crisis. Cheese Sydney. was very That's wet. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> Uh, Sydney, who gave Dan the cheese stick, which caused the crisis. I'll just put it on chat only. And Colin, who was an innocent bystander in this. But I'm here to report it. Um, I'm your host, Deanna Manassian. Hashtag citizen journalism. <laughs> uh, and we're here talking about video games. Wait, we are? Yeah. What have you guys been talking about? I mean, no, not talking about. We're going to talk about them. I'm like, what I've, have you been I've talked playing? about a lot. I don't play things. <laughs> I do more talking than playing. Okay. We, we do have news, so you will have something to discuss. All right. Nice. Uh, I would like to let you know. What have you guys been playing? Colin, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yes. So, what's up? Yeah, what have you been playing? What? No. I'm trying to make a really awful joke. I'm, like, I'm under pressure. Oh, God. Might not translate great to audio. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I just uh, realized that. But uh, I've actually been playing quite a lot. Um, I haven't been on in October. I, would, I don't think I was on the podcast in October because I was. But throughout the month of October, all I played was Castlevania. Yeah. As evidence, thirty-one nights of Castlevania. Yep. Which is a good, good yeah. article series. Yeah. I want to have more article series. Just as a side note. Oh, same. They're like a good, a good same. thing. I could do something I've, on Mega Man. Do it. Hell yeah. But. What I have been playing now is I recently picked up Battle Chasers Night War, which for those of you who don't know, it's based off of a late 90s comic book by an artist named Joe Matarara. Um, he's pretty legit in the comic book world. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of a lot of X-Men comics in the 90s when X-Men was huge. Uh, he did Deadpool's very first solo series. Mm -hmm. He's regarded to be one of the first American comic book artists that had appreciation for manga. And like you can totally see oh, it in, okay. his art, in his artwork. Uh, and Battle Chasers was kind of like his supposed to be his big magnum opus, but like it got delayed for like personal issues. So when the series concluded, it, it concludes on a cliffhanger for the record. Um, the comic's good, but just the ending is like, oh come on. Uh, he decided to become a video game designer, and he took Battle Chasers and was like, you know what, this translates better to a video game anyway. From a gameplay standpoint, it's it's an SJRPG through and through, and mm -hmm. I mean that in like the best way possible. It's quick, easy to pick up turn-based combat uh battle system is very very familiar to final fantasy 10 in the sense that, like you can strategize your moves a lot better um features all new original art by joe Madarar himself which is awesome because the character designs are just great um the personal favorite character is a, he's called a war golem but he's basically a robot his name's calibretto he's kind of like the red mage of the group in the sense that like he can he has really great combat skills and he has amazing healing abilities mm -hmm. Then uh, just the way he talks, it's all very like it's very robotic, but like he it's almost like a snooty kind of like Clank sort of voice, like Ratchet and Clank. And uh, the dialogue, the, it's it's overall it's a good game. Only like six hours in, 
But overall, I'm having a really fun time with it. it I hate saying it, but I think I might like it a little bit more than Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. Hmm. And I love the Zodiac Age. But that's the, kind of the new game I've been playing. I've been um, just goofing around and like other stuff. Like, again, some stuff happened that kind of delayed me finishing Final Fantasy XII. And Dragon Quest Heroes 2, I'm just kind of just having fun with. You good? Yeah, yeah. it's just a mic adjustment. Oh, nice. I, I'm, I'm reclining, and I want to like be able to speak into the mic. So Makes sense. <laughs> I fixed it again. Fixed it. <laughs> fixed it. <laughs> but other than that, I've been doing a lot of... Uh, I know, it's pretty close. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, well... Anyway. I've been doing a lot of uh, creative writing on the side again. Good shit. I've been picking, shit. Up, picking oh, nice. up more of my anthology work. I just started a new short story um, starring Joe Conway, where uh, he gets involved with someone who's money laundering who's also a boxing promoter. And the way I have it... Mm. I have it started out in media res, where he's in the middle of a fight and he's getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And the way I have that chapter end is he, he goes, how the hell did I end up here? Oh, and, and it's and a flashback. It, yeah. Okay, Interesting. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I've turned out I I like writing romance, <laughs> like I genuinely do. Because I've been as um as I mentioned other characters from this series, uh, Joe and Natalie are there. They're a couple. Natalie's a professional thief. He's a professional gumshoe or private detective or private dick. If you're immature like I am, I'm and definitely the, immature. Because <laughs> the whole relationship is she's on the opposite side of the law. He's on the side of the law, but. And make it work. And I'm just, I'm having like genuine fun and like enjoyment writing their romance. You know, to the point where I, I, I was getting a little bit too schmaltzy writing this rough draft. I was like, okay, you know what? No, this is not them. <laughs> this is not them. <laughs> this is then, this is becoming like bad anime sh- shown in fan fiction bullshit. Get it, get rid of it. Enough. <laughs> uh, it's 19, it's 1940s pulp film noir stuff. They're not cynical enough. But I've also been working on, um, novel that takes place in the same universe mm-hmm. but I might turn that into another short story because the way it's it's getting a little bit too drawn out I think so I might just shorten it put it in an anthology and call it a day yeah. that one is about a professional gambler who's one of Joe's um, contacts and like gear supplier guys like hey Mitch I need a camera I got it um, he's a professional gambler uh, there's another some debt collector who the police believe who's money laundering and they're like hey you're a professional gambler you can sneak right into this guy's you know one of these guys casino nights and no one will notice a thing and he's like okay well i don't really want to do that and the police are like well we have you not paying your taxes for the past 10 years so you kind of have to do it so like they basically blackmail him into helping them he's like fine whatever and the complications arise when his ex-girlfriend is dating the villain that, you could turn it into a novella. I've been, I, that's what I've been, what I've been doing is, first, it's split up into four parts. For, first part's from Mitch's point of view, second part's from her point of view, like how the romance deteriorated. Mm-hmm. And then part three is I'm going to like switch between their points of view, and then part four is ending with Mitch's point of view. Okay. So, but it's been a lot of fun writing his um, ex's dialogue. His, I made her from Tennessee. So when she, when she says, I, it's A-H. Like, I don't think so. Like... Mm-hmm. Oh, you write it's, out the accents? Yeah. It's so much fun. It okay. It's so much fun doing that. I had to look up uh, Tennessee slang and everything. All right. You know what's a lot of fun, right, is Texas slang. Yeah. It's literally nothing but goofy metaphors. <laughs> yeah. 
I I like epically failed um, NaNoWriMo this year, as I have done for the last like six. <laughs> um, but I thought a lot about a novel I want to write, yeah. so it counts, I guess, maybe. I still didn't write 50,000 words. <laughs> so, and maybe I can in 10 days, who knows? You never know. You never know. That's why I like National Novel Writing Month. It's it's tough. a lot. It's tough. Unless if you're Stephen King or Stephen, Stephen King, King like just... shits and a novel comes out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's Sydney. also it's also 500 words of nothing and then yeah. 100 words of something and another 500 words of nothing. That's just yeah. how novels be. That's I mean. Yeah. Have, have you read Stephen King's it? It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is. It's wor- It's nothing. Uh, his short stories are incredible, yeah. but oh, like insane. his longer, more like leave, drawn leave, out leave stuff it to is the not. quote unquote master of horror. His best, debatably, his best adaptation is the Shawshank Redemption. And yeah, it's based off a short story too. But anyway, Sydney, what you doing? What have you been playing? I'm like, what am I doing? I'm sitting. What, have you played anything lately? I started Pokemon the yeah. other day. Yeah, I think we're in the same boat where we just like. Played a couple hours of Pokemon and like that's it. Yeah, I've, I've been playing it on and off. Like, on one hand, I like playing Pokemon games. On the other hand, it is very, very, very similar to yeah. Sun and Moon. Like where Black and White and Black and White Two kind of did that thing where like they're the same game, but they were different. Mm-hmm. This is very much like the same, and I'm waiting for it to become a different game. Yeah. I don't I don't hate Sun and Moon. In fact, I actually really like Sun and Moon, especially coming off the backs of X and Y and Oros, yeah. which I fucking hated. I don't like Gen 3. I'm sorry to literally everybody who loves it. I don't like it. It's not a fun time. Don't at her. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't. Continue. So, like, going into Gen 7 was, like, such a breath of fresh air, and I just really like the creativity of how they, like, kind of catered to Gen 1ers with, like, we're bringing back old Pokemon, but, like, with new forms. Like, I think that's a really cool way how to, like, keep it fresh, but also, like, kind of pay homage to what people like and what people are familiar with. So, like, I think I'm nine and a half hours in, and I'm on the second island, and I'm working towards, I think, the third or fourth trial. I don't remember. But I need to do a lot of grinding because the trial before this one was a lot harder. Mm. Also, the boss is different this time around. Oh, cool. Which was shocking because <laughs> mm. this was a one that yeah. I remembered very, very strongly. And I'm waiting to see if other ones are going to change as well. Mm-hmm. I, kinda... I forget I forget which trial it is, but you're talking about the formerly the Lurantis? No. Oh, okay. I'm waiting for that one because fuck Lorantis. See, I never had the problem with because with Lorantis because I picked fucking Litten. I picked Poplio, <laughs> and there's not a good fire Pokemon in Gen Seven, unfortunately. Yeah, there just not isn't. until well, they have um, Salazzle. Salazzle is poison dark, I think, but has fire moves. No, it's poison fire. Never mind. Yeah, Salazzle is like okay. Yeah, and like. Like that's just is like it. it's okay. The only other fire t- actually, yeah, the only other fire type I can Turtinator. think of. Turtinator. No, Marowak. Yeah, Marowak, Marowak is pretty fantastic. But, but I thought like, Marowak that's it. was like super, super fragile though. I mean, not super fragile, but more fragile than it should be. Thank you. Hey, Adam. Hi. 
<laughs> I'm Adam, say hi. Hello. Okay, you can go now. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to edit right, this okay. out. All right. <laughs> is your awkward, your awkward Russian handshake of the day. Uh, all right. A guest appearance from Adam. It was great. Uh, but Pokemon. Yes. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for it to just like be its own game as opposed to just like. Yeah. Sun and Moon again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went into it assuming it was just going to be Sun and Moon again, but, like, a lot of the Pokemon and characters were just kind of, like, switching places. Yeah. Okay. So, like, and as someone who went in expecting that, I'm fine with it. That's, like, my one saving grace is that now that there are other Pokemon, I'm like, can we get a good fire type? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we do. I think we are getting a good fire type. I know uh, Ultra Sun has Houndoom. Okay. But I don't know about Ultra Moon. But I know we have uh, one or two good fire types. All I know is that I found a Mareep, and now it's a Flaffy, and I love her. I love Flaffy so much. <laughs> I adore Flaffy. I also, I really like reading the Pokedex entries. They're very fun. Uh, this yet Over the weekend, I found out that Ekans chokes on eggs and sometimes faints. It specifies faints, not dies. It chokes on eggs. Yep. Yes, like it tries to eat eggs. And sometimes it just gets caught and it faints. Dude, th- th- these Pokedex entries are getting more and more <laughs> morbid. But, but oh, read Pokedex entries for literally any ghost type. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. great. terrifying. But I caught um, Mareep and it evolved into Flaffy immediately afterwards. And I was in the room with Caleb and I read it aloud and it's fantastic. And uh, Flaffy's is, in a nutshell, if it has too much electricity, it'll start to get bald in patches. <gasps> so no! that's why Ampharos has no fur. Yeah. No! <laughs> that has me so distraught. I'm never playing a Pokemon game again. And that's why Mega Ampharos has the main. Because it's like, Ampharos is so strong, but then it has the main, which stores even more electricity, which is why its special attack stat went up by like 50 points. What's this Pokemon's name again? Uh, Ampharos. Okay, I think I found my spirit animal. Oh my god. <laughs> I also just want to say I couldn't name my fucking Munchlax Bagel Bagel. and Bite, despite the fact that there's a move in Pokemon called Bite. Wait, it wouldn't let you name it Bite? Yes. It was the the Bite part that it didn't like. It was fine with Bagel, so I named it Bagel, and then I was like, wait, I wonder if like Bagel Bite without a space will work, and so his name is Bagel Bite. Oh, does that work? (laughs) Yes. That's weird. That's awesome. But I'm like, Pokemon, there's... Sometimes... There's I've, a word in your game. It's called bite. There's I've, also I've noticed this a lot. There's a lot of like... There's torment. Yeah. These aren't nice words. There's a lot of uh, just glitches with that name detection system that they just kind of never patch out. Yeah. Like stuff like bite and that kind of stuff is like... I think it probably detects a bitch. Yeah. More mm. than likely unintentional. And it's a lot of work for like n- no payoff to patch it out. So they just don't. Okay. Did you guys ever, when you were playing Pokemon as young... As- when you were younger, did you ever play? You ever name your rival like something stupid? Yes, all the time. Yeah. Oh man, I, I think don't... I just named him Gary. I remember, in... but I never ever finished a, a like early Pokemon game. So okay, so here's a, here's a funny thing with uh, the Gen two for me. It was my first Pokemon game, Pokemon Silver, and um, in you know in Pokemon Silver, you have the rival that like steals the Pokemon from the thing. Did you name him Question Mark? Question yes. Mark, question Mark. I did too. <laughs> Because I thought he was introducing himself to me as three question marks. So when the guy in the lab asked me what his name was, I just named him three question marks. 
fun fact about like every single Pokemon game I ever played until like the last few years. Um, I used to name all my rivals after my grade school crushes. So I can tell what grade I'm in based on what the rival's name is. That's good. You, you can tell by, for me, the level of maturity in the names. Because first, at first, it's, it's like, oh, poop. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets increasingly more and more obscene and creative. I just give all my Pokemon people names. Yeah. Or I name them after food. <clears throat> Yo, the, uh, like, the best fucking people name I've noticed when it comes to Pokemon is getting a Bidoof and naming it Reginald. Mm-hmm. Because it just fucking works. I was going to say I Or getting Or getting a... Uh, Magikarp and naming it Reginald. I was gonna also say I, I Reginald is just a great name for stupid Pokemon. I was gonna say I raise you one Snorlax named Rodney. I don't know. All right, that's pretty good. It's, it's a- good. after Rodney Dangerfield. Um, because okay. Snorlax gets no respect. But final thoughts on Pokemon? I it, like it. It's good. Okay. It's I have Pokemon. no issues with it. All right. It's just like just waiting because yeah. I know there are differences. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of the differences they advertised were late game differences too. Yeah. So maybe okay. they just changed the second half of the game entirely. Well, I mean, of us oh, and you guys yet. wouldn't know. Yeah. Didn't they kind of do that with Platinum and Diamond and Pearl? Kinda. Where like they... the big twist with Giratina is like towards the end. Yeah. The big twist with Giratina happened like when you were getting like within your last three badges. Yeah. That's kind of like what that. I'm expecting with yeah. this. Oh. Um, I played some Ruiner. I played it like a probably an hour or so of it because it was on sale, so I bought it. Uh, it's probably still on sale. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Check the Steam store. It's like twenty bucks. But um, if not, it'll go on sale soon. Fall sales in two days. Yeah. So um, I really like it. I kind of I kind of like ignored it because I, it wasn't getting good press. That's the mix and match fighting game, right? No, that's Absolver. Oh, that's Absolver. Okay. Ruiner Ruiner is the top down kind of three quarter ish looking isometric. Isometric, yeah, it's the isometric twin stick. Okay. Um, that's very red. <laughs> Yo, I love twin stick shooters. They're... I need to play it on a different controller because I think the rooms controllers were like holding directions when I didn't want them to. The rooms controllers are really fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, one of them works perfect. Did you use the black one? They're both black. Okay. Because those are Andrews, and those, I find, work fairly well. They weren't yeah, working cause... great. <laughs> <laughs> well, because just he likes to keep them in um, good condition because he plays Toho with them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like it a lot. I can definitely tell it was inspired by Shadowrun at least a little bit mm-hmm. um, because you do get karma in order to level up, and you do spend skill points to unlock, you know, skills. So, and I'm assuming it's in a cyberpunk setting. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it, it's um, not even like maybe influenced by Shadowrun. It is influenced by Shadowrun. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. You said Shadowrun, and I got like a gentle flashback to today about Bone Boy because that was one of the questions he asked was if y'all play Shadowrun. No, now I have to really avoid him. Because <laughs> he's probably going to try and mansplain Shadowrun to me. Dan, have you ever been like in the room when this kid who just comes in is like, do you have any spare bones? Oh, him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was back again today. What? I fucking left. That's <laughs> not a normal thing you ask people. No, that's what I'm I said. pretty sure he was high. Um, He's but yeah. High. Oh, he means back, oh. back to oh. podcast land. Um, yeah, I played some Ruiner. <laughs> uh, it was good. I like it. I'm going to finish it probably in the next like week. And it's going to go somewhere on my game of the year list because I'm all for that shit. Hell yeah. Um, 
let's get into some news. Okay. News. Uh, we're on a tight schedule because I do have a page and half of notes for fun facts, in case you guys didn't know. Um, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp releases worldwide on November 22nd, which is Wednesday. Um, I've been playing it for a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's unclear as to whether or not uh, the data will carry through uh, the worldwide launch. I'd be fine if it doesn't. Yeah. Eh. Um, I mean, you can't really be upset if it doesn't. Like, you're kind of not supposed to have the game right, right now anyway. Right. So, uh, so I've, I've made peace with it. You know, Plus, it was fun unlocking yeah. villagers. And there are things that I definitely wish I could have done better, but I don't have the heart to go and reset it myself. <laughs> um, and then there was a data mine a couple weeks ago uh, that detailed maybe some new features, um, like a garden, uh, building like buildings, like a cafe or something like that, um, and several other placeholders, like a winter scene uh, for the map. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what like happens after worldwide launch. I I think they're definitely going to add some new stuff, hmm. which it needs. It still yeah. ha it has a lot. Like don't get me wrong, it does have a lot. <laughs> right up until you unlock that last villager, mm. then it's like. Okay. okay, now what? So, I think if they add more villagers also, they might, because uh, last week, at some point, they released the friend finder, yeah. which is you could take a little quiz with Katrina and um, find your Animal Crossing friend. And it had some in it that weren't in the game. So, if they expand the list of villagers, I'll be happy. Okay. I don't think there's a Nintendo franchise like better fit for mobile than Animal Crossing. Oh, for yeah. sure. Like, <laughs> everyone agrees. Yeah. Like, it's made for mobile. No, how about Fire Emblem Mobile? Um, so next topic, Hitman is bringing back its elusive targets, and that coincides with the Game of the Year edition launch, uh, which was Friday. Oh, um, I love the, I love believe, the elusive targets. I believe this is the episodic Hitman. Yeah, the episodic yeah. Hitman 2016 oh. version. Um, uh, they released a graphic that details the disguises and suits you can get as rewards uh, for doing the elusive targets, and the elusive targets are available as like a one-time, you do it, if you fail it, you can't do it again uh, yeah. type thing. And um, I think the first one they said is in Paris, um, the forger, uh, Sergei Larin. Uh, so you have one chance at assassinating him uh, until his time is up. <laughs> that was bad, don't give me that one. Um, <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront 2 removed its in-game purchases. Speaking of bad things. Uh, <laughs> uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 removed its in-game purchases just before the game's launch, like hours before. Um, and an excerpt from their blog post details, uh, we hear you loud and clear, so we're turning off all in-game purchases. Uh, this means that the option to purchase crystals in the game is now offline, and all progression will be earned through gameplay. As it should have been. Yeah, as it should have been from the beginning. Um <laughs> That being, I've heard the campaign for that game is actually really good. Yeah, and if they had just kept it, just play the game instead of paying $2,100 to unlock some things that should have been, like everything that should have been in a $60 game, it's ridiculous. I, think, time, um, I like, think they were just trying to see how much they could get away with. Yeah. I think so. Like this was absolutely like, what, what they were probably going to do anyway was they probably had uh, base prices in mind and then skyrocketed it, announced yeah. it to see what they could have gotten yeah. away with, and we're just going to fall back on those pre-established prices. I afterwards. think so. Um, if they take out like some content, like characters definitely are should be a progression thing. Yeah. Like, full stop. Absolutely. Um, like, especially like Darth fucking Vader. Spending 40 <laughs> hours to play him, like, that's... That's a lot. Yeah. That, that, I mean, at, at, 
at one point, like, it makes you want to play more, but 40 hours in a game that's very multiplayer focused. Yeah. yeah. I if think it was, like, when it comes to... Oh, I was going to say, like, beat the campaign and unlock Vader. Like, that... Yeah. Yeah, that feels like that, it should be yeah. something. Yeah. But I think... Um, also, where the... F- is Jin Erso in the game? I'm not sure. I, ha- I haven't been following it, like, at yeah. all. It was just, like, I, I gleaned saw, this from a headline. Because what I saw... By the way, Ray is a straight-up thug. Yes. She's a, she's a friggin' thug, and it's awesome, but... I play as Jin. I like Jin a lot. <laughs> when um, when I see this kind of shit with the characters and stuff, I always think that, you know, shit shit on it like all you want. But when it comes to like characters and unlocking shit, Street Fighter Five has a really good formula that a lot of like other devs should incorporate. Mm-hmm. In that you can either grind and unlock them yourself in a reasonable amount of time, or you can just pay like five bucks and unlock them right yeah, now. Yeah, I like that. Or yeah. do what um, Netherrealm does is pay play a fl- uh, flat price and you get all the content that they upload. Yeah. Yeah. Like a season pass type yeah. thing. But like their season pass, it's like it's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. It's 40 it shouldn't bucks. be like a $60 season pass yeah. on top yeah. of a $60 game. It's, like, it's 40 well, bucks. And how many characters has Injustice 2 added so far? Like uh, like 10? More than 10. Yeah. Like that's more least. than worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, like at that's the very four least. Four bucks a character. Four yeah. bucks a character. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I, I think it's more like 12 actually. Yeah, I don't know because they release so like three less. characters at a time. Well, if you count all four Ninja Turtles as, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I have a note here that says the biggest factor in rejecting a pay-to-play wall was the massive amount of refunds and bad press they received. More oh, yeah. effective than sending death threats to the guy that like modeled Darth Vader's pinky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> money talks. At, at least they listened. At least they were like, you know, what? Let's I mean, shut it down. they had no option. They were like, okay, yeah. this game is gonna fucking flop, and we're gonna have to bankrupt this, yeah, this sector they, unless we because fix something. Battlefront One kind of flopped. <laughs> Within the first day of people getting refunds, they lost $4.8 million. And I think their stocks dropped on like five points, which is absurd. Yeah. And then when they took down the refund button, people just called customer service directly and still got refunds. Yeah, I saw one screenshot of a customer service chat that was like, like, how can I help you today? You know why. Yep, right on it. Yep. Um, you've got to feel bad for their customers. Oh, my God. Yeah. You've got to feel bad for everyone at EA that isn't like running it. Yeah. You know? Hold on. Like, because, like, the people who, like, make the models or design the mechanics, you know, they have nothing to do with this shit. Yeah. And I feel really bad that they're all getting a bad rap for something that they have no control over. Right. Yeah. This so. is a quote from one of my friends. You know what the difference between EA and North Korea is? North Korea didn't fuck up as many launches as EA. <laughs> um. Anyways. <laughs> but, yeah. And then the last thing is Red Bull Battlegrounds. Yeah. Dan went this weekend. It was an invitational in Boston. It was not an invitational, actually. Oh. Oh, okay. It was like it was, but it wasn't. It was so it was uh, like half. Yeah. The format was uh, on Saturday was an open bracket. Yeah. Anyone could sign up. It was like ten dollars per entry, which is really good for me. Yeah, that's very reasonable. And uh, I think it reached like five hundred people, something like that. Mm-hmm. And you just run through the bracket. You go through the entire bracket in one day. You reach the one definitive winner, and that one definitive winner goes up against the other seven qualifiers the next day. Oh, so the, the, so the, the people that were invited. Yeah. <gasps> I like that. Yeah. That's cool. And out of those eight, you get the North American champion for Street Fighter V. Okay. All right. Then you also don't, like, wind up in pools with, like, I, yeah. I don't know, like, FGC yeah, people. The top, yeah, the top eight. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Both the people that other... are entering and then like the people who got invited, like they're yeah. not gonna fight Joe Schmo. Yeah, exactly. Like who has experience in Smash and Smash only and decided to enter for fun. Yeah. You know? You know the person who goes to a Smash tournament like, and just the sees their time... person as zero is like, oh yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like those other seven people aren't the only seven like super high level players. Right. And a lot of other high level players are entering just to get into that top eight. Right. Because if you win Red Bull Battlegrounds, you're guaranteed a slot at the actual Invitational for Capcom Cup, which yeah. is a 32-man bracket. And, was that uh, the thing we watched in the room last yes. year? Yeah, that was the thing I felt. Yeah, when is that? The how how far out do they do it? Oh, PSX? It just happens the second day of PSX. Great. Which is soon, right? Yeah, next that's month. Next month. Okay. And, so uh, they do it like a month out from yeah. PSX. And uh, it was really, really fun. The person who won on day one was like the most hype match I have ever seen. It was an Abigail main. Okay. Which, oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the cool kid 93. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fucking beautiful matches. He, I think he beat Wolf Crone, who is this super, super high level Laura player. He's brilliant at the game. Mm -hmm. I, he took Wolf Crone either 5-1 or 6-0. Nice. As Abigail. It's best of six? Uh, for, well, winner's finals is reset the bracket and go. So right. It's, okay. Yeah. Uh, first to three twice. Yes. Okay. So I think he's either 5-1 or 6-0'd Wolf Crone. I'm still, like, not super clear on how brackets work. You don't yeah. have to explain it now, but, like, I'm yeah. going to ask in the future. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was a thing. And then uh, it, was, it was so good. The event itself was really great. The venue is fantastic for tournaments. Yeah. It's like a 2,000, 2,200 capacity venue. Something oh, like that. It's right by Arlington Station. There's food places around. There's like five hotels within a block from it. Oh, yeah. It's like the perfect venue for a major. Yeah. And the inside is like super nice. And, red, you know, it, it's really distressing exactly how much Red Bull is at Red Bull Battlegrounds. How much is it? How? There were fridges of Red Bull adorning the main stage. Oh, mm. it was a VR experience in the back where you got to play the bonus stage in Street Fighter Two, where you're like beating up the car on a Vive. Is every... it a can of Red Bull? Uh, no. Oh, you're not beating up a can uh, of Red no. Bull. Damn. You're beating okay. up a car. Okay. And then when you're done, they give you a free can of Red Bull and a bag of snacks, which is fucking great. They had popcorners it... and beef jerky in the snack bag. It was, was really it... good. Did they give you Doritos for finishing? No. <gasps> We're saved. There were no Doritos <laughs> at the venue. They got Roxy's grilled cheese to cater. Yeah, oh, you did mention that. That's awesome. Like, and uh, all the other drinks that weren't red, that weren't just straight Red Bull outside of like water had Red Bull mixed into them. It was like, it was like incredibly distressing exactly how much Red Bull. I had like four Red Bulls over that weekend. Do you like oh, wow. Red Bull or it's do you really now? It's really okay. It's like really, really okay. Plain <laughs> Red Bull's nasty. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's meh. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's a great tournament. They were giving out free shirts the second day. Uh, super major players in the FGC were there. I met fucking Yoshinori Ono, yeah, that's producer of Street Fighter. Is he is he as goofy in yes. person? Like he like I, he was walking around the venue all day, just taking pictures with the Blanca toy that's everywhere, awesome. and he's he's such a pure human being. Um, but anyway, day two was the top eight bracket mm -hmm. uh, for regionals. And it was, I think the top eight was the Cool Kid 93. Uh, <laughs> it's 
just such a good name. <laughs> I take it he was born in 93? Probably. Uh, well, she's born in 92. <laughs> fine, I'm okay. I'm fine. Uh, Justin Wong. Because, uh, you know, he's Justin Wong. Yeah. Uh, Smug. Uh, 801 Strider, a.k.a. Gustavo. Uh, I forget the rest. Two of them are people I just didn't know. One of them is inspiring me to play Laura in Street Fighter V, which is really weird because oh, she's a mixed grappler, but I, but sh she's a thought. <laughs> um, but uh, what were the other two? There were other two other like major players, and I can't remember their names. Regardless, it was a really, really good top eight. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, Punk. Punk was another one. He's the prodigal son of the FGC who's been taking the entire Pro Tour by storm for like a year now. Okay. Uh, and he won it. Yeah. And the matches between Punk and uh, Smug in Grand Finals was so fucking good. Like some of the best Street Fighter I have ever seen. Tons of dropped combos. Tons of capitalization. It was really, really, really good. 10 out of 10 event. Would go again. Please come back. We need esports nice. in Boston. Oh, yeah. We Red definitely Bull, do. We'll cover them. We got... <laughs> Look at what a font of knowledge Dan was. Um, we even have a oh, and to also, shout out to my friend Gabby. His tag is Almas. He took 25th oh, in nice. Red Bull Battlegrounds. Out Fucking, of 500? Out of like 500. Wow. Shit. Yeah. And what, yeah. Was it... Street Fighter Five, the only. Hey, are you looking for a sponsor that won't there actually a, pay you? Street Fighter Five was the the only one that people were like actually competing in for like a prize, but uh, there were also uh, Super Turbo, Third Strike, and Four tournaments. Which, by the way, there's this really really insane Japanese Necro player in Third Strike, and he's fucking unbelievable. Necro player is like a work of art to watch. His Necro is just such a weird character. Yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. And he had, like, 15 hit combos, which in Third Strike is just, like, not a thing. <laughs> so, it was really cool. Still? Also, an El Fuerte gave Justin Wong the hands in Street Fighter Four. It was fucking great. This guy fucking 3-0'd Justin Wong as El Fuerte. That doesn't happen. I'm assuming that's a feat. Okay. It is. All right, cool. Because El Fuerte is... He's is a, he, like, bottom tier? Kinda. He's, he's kind of hard to figure he's, out. Okay. He's not. He can't really have a tier because his entire move set is 50-50s. Uh, so you either guess right or you don't. Yeah. Okay. And if you guess wrong, then you just lose like a third of your health. It's like, it's like that, and a lot of it's like counter heavy. Yeah. He's it's a. Weird. He is a wrestling chef whose only special attacks are running around and jumping out of his runs. Yeah. I love Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Red Bull Battlegrounds is great. Please come back. <coughs> Um, and that's all we have for news. A slow news week. But you got to say a lot about Red Bull Battlegrounds. So uh, it's time for some fun facts. Today we're talking about uh, Metropolis, which is a 1927 film. It's such a good movie. You probably know about this because it was very influential in the noir genre. Um, spoiling my trivia again. So it was a silent film directed by Fritz Lang, uh, who also directed The Big Heat, Fury, and M, among others. Uh, scripted by Thea von Harbo and uh, Fritz Lang. And it starred Gustav uh, Froelich, Bridget Helm, Alfred Abel, and Rudolf Klein-Roge. I don't know if I said that right, but it's fine. It's set in a 2026 future 
futuristic urban dystopia and based on the novel by Thea von Harbo. Uh, the novel was published in 1925 in German, translated and published in 1927 in English. Uh, it was originally serialized in Illustrierites Blatt. Look that one up. <laughs> and in the magazine, uh, it was accompanied by behind-the-scenes pictures from the production of the movie. It was first published completely as a book in 1926. Um, it was received incredibly well later on in its life as a work of science fiction, and it inspired the works of uh, Carol Capek, which is, um, he authored uh, War with the Newts and R.U.R., Rossum's Universal Robots, and H.G. Wells, who authored The Time Machine, War of the Worlds, and The Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, I have a short plot summary, and then we'll get into some trivia. Um, and the plot summary is, in the future, the society of Metropolis is divided into two social classes, the workers who live in the underground below the machines level, and the dominant classes that live in the surface. The workers are controlled by their leader, Maria, who wants to find a mediator between the upper class lords and the workers, since she believes that a heart would be necessary between brains and muscles. Uh, Maria meets Freder Frederson, son of the Lord of Metropolis, Johan Frederson, Johan, sorry, uh, in a meeting of the workers, and they fall in love. Meanwhile, Johan decides that the workers are no longer necessary for Metropolis and uses a robot pretending to be Maria to promote a revolution of the working class and eliminate them. Um, so th there's a lot of trivia for this movie. <laughs> it is the bulk of my notes. Um, and I did mean to watch it before I... Uh, um, wrote this or like presented this segment but we'll see why I didn't in a minute uh, Thea von Harbo was married to Fritz Lang for 11 years from 1922 to 1933 reasons for their divorce include infidelity and among others Thea being loyal to Germany as Hitler rose to power she claims she stayed in Germany to work from the inside and help Indian immigrants uh, come to Germany like uh, her third husband um According to The Guardian, the movie took two years to shoot and bankrupted many, if not all, of its producers. The film's budget was equivalent to today's amount of $200 million. Um, it pioneered camera tricks and special effects to create the world it intended to and had a cast of over 30,000 extras as its proletariat class. Um, in the original version I found on YouTube, which you can uh, find if you search it, I'm not gonna link it because it's probably illegal. Uh, it was prefaced by all that survive of the original Metropolis are incomplete original negative and copies of shortened and re-edited release prints. Over a quarter of the film has to be considered lost. Um, scenes were cut from the film because they were too brutal or too long and the movie is just under two hours without them. Um, Though there have been numerous attempts to restore the movie from its 1927 state since the 1970s, the 2010 cut was the first to feature the missing scenes and is now available on Blu-ray <laughs> and digital movie outlets. Uh, like, I found it on Amazon Video, Google Play, Movies, and on YouTube uh, that you could rent or buy. Um, and even after the found footage, many of the original subplots have been lost. So there was a lot to this movie. Um, it originally flopped in Germany's box office because of a review from H.G. Wells, who called it quite the silliest film <laughs> he also said that it fell into platitudes had the machinery on screen clog up the movie instead of enhance it and that it copied multiple things from mary shelley's frankenstein okay um i mean he he's an author he knows what he's doing probably i mean he is he is only one of the forefathers of science fiction but yeah mary shelley is the like the godmother of science fiction 
Um, the creator of science fiction. <laughs> you really want to be super accurate. Uh, as of like this past weekend when I did look this up, it has a 99% critic rating and a 92% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and found much of its critical acclaim in the 1980s amidst other genre pioneering work like Blade Runner and the rise of synth music. Um, it was one of the first in influential science fiction films and it inspired elements of the sci-fi, noir, and fantasy genres among countless other pieces of early 20th century science fiction, not just films. Um, the most recent news of a remake comes from 2016, where Sam Esmail, of Mr. Robot fame, intends to make it into a miniseries, but don't expect news on it until another year or so out. It also has a 1989 musical theater adaptation under the same name. Um, and I, this is why I wanted to watch... The, the film is like two and a half hours long with its yeah. footage restored. And it's one of those movies where you gotta sit and watch. Yeah. Right. Much like Blade Runner, it's... Yeah, you have it's, to be attentive. It's a lot of information. Uh, and I just didn't have the time to dedicate to it over the weekend. Um, but one of its most iconic scenes, which is actually how I found out about the movie, was um, uh, it notoriously depicted the nature of a society where the rich are dependent on the working class and featured a handful of workers cranking away at a massive panel of machinery. Um, the machine has steam flowing through it, much like it's breathing, putting it into the, like that uncanny valley like dip in the perception of humanness. Um, Fredder looks on um, while the workers move mechanically as if they're part of the machine. After establishing shots of the workers, we see an exhausted looking older worker in a back room um, trying desperately to prevent the machine from overheating and he's unsuccessful. Um, the machine speeds up and the workers with it um, until it erupts with clouds of smoke. Workers are thrown, strewn, and otherwise torn from their posts. It's at this time that Fredder sees a vision of Moloch, the manifestation of the machine's power over the workers. Uh, two groups of slaves are herded up into the mouth of the machine, like through the central stairs, um, unwillingly being fed to it. Following them are two groups of workers who willingly fall off the ledge of the mouth. Um, new workers filter in as old ones tend to their wounds, picking up exactly where the old workers left off. And many film critics describe the scene as an extreme portrayal of capitalism, uh, others as a struggle between good and evil, and still others as a stark reality of the detachment between the working class and the bourgeoisie, which is Fredder looking on. Thank you. That was my page and a half of notes. <laughs> um, we got through that a lot faster than I thought we would. But what do you guys think? Uh, Fun fact, not quite uh, as on par with last week. It's, it was a little slower. Yeah, it was a little slower. Well, Mostly because it's again. not about a Batman villain. <laughs> um... But well, it's on one of the most, and debatably, the most influential science fiction film ever. Yeah, that's why I wanted you know. to talk about it, because I didn't want to be like, hey, guys, Shadowrun. <laughs> but, you know. You could, even, you could even make the argument that Metropolis was the first, like, cyberpunk. Oh, for yeah. sure. Because um, there's, there's themes of cyberpunk, like, yeah. all in it. Oh, yeah. And themes of it in cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't I mean, call the movie specifically the movie Cyberpunk. Oh about, yeah, uh, I mean, if you read, but if you read um, William Gibson's Neuromancer, which is again considered to be the first cyberpunk novel, it mm -hmm. takes place very much in their work in um, yeah. the downtrodden working class, whereas mm -hmm. the rich are all yeah. like the, the, the idea building. and the setting uh, mm -hmm. from Metropolis oh, yeah. are definitely like very cyberpunk. But in terms of execution, it's just kind of not. No. Yeah, but it's definitely a, a super like important piece of just cyberpunk media. Because mm -hmm. of that. Film, film too. Yeah. Very, very ambitious, especially for its time. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I think $2 I skipped a point. budget. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I did skip a point. Footage was found in 2010. Yeah. 20, 2008. 
in Buenos Aires um, in a, a museum. And then from that, they pieced it together yeah. to the newer version. Um, but yeah, go watch it. I'm, I definitely plan to. It's very um, good. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's actually yeah. a very good movie. I think... No, he does. Uh, in Kirkham, it's it's a live exhibit at the PBS. Exhibit. Yeah, he has a, a poster has. from Metropolis. Oh, he does. An original yeah. That's poster. really good. Is that still here? Yes. Okay. It's here until I thought it was November eighteenth. I thought I think we just I think it just passed. No, I think it was the twenty eighth actually. So we can, like we'll get up later. Yeah. But either way, if you have the time to go, go, go. Like, yeah. It's fucking incredible. I might like make a point of it this the, weekend. The only surviving Frankenstein poster is mm. there. It's really cool. And an early makeup test of Lon Chaney's Wolfman. Yeah. That was... Um, but yeah, that's Metropolis. That's my fun fact for the week. Now you've learned something. I don't know. I, I like yeah. learning things. Yeah. It was fun for me to research it. Because I'm naturally all over science fiction. Yeah. Um, and like that's like the early science fiction movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now time for announcements. <laughs> Uh, we still have our podcast survey up. That's going to be in the podcast description. And when we publish the podcast, we'll tweet it out on social media. Um, not just tweet. We don't just do Twitter. <laughs> we'll put it on Facebook too. Um, probably not on Instagram because we like to keep that a little, a little chill. Um, a little shit posty. A little shit posty, yeah. Um, and then take it and give us feedback. We want to know like how we're doing, how our, the like things that we've done recently are... Uh, if they're hitting home or not. Um, but we want to give you the content you want. <laughs> help us help you. And all those <laughs> platitudes. Um, our Twitch channel has changed its name uh, from the LifeCast net to the LifeCast. Uh, thanks to Twitch for like making those Justin TV names available. Um, I think in, in post we should get like a little fake gasping noises. Like, oh yeah. We changed our name. <gasps> <laughs> um, shock horror I had to actually like do a lot of work because the giveaways were all still life posting cast the LifeCast net but it's fine uh, I, I went back and changed them all last night um, and then our dot .hack giveaway is still open until November 30th um, our streaming schedule is going to change Dan and I are switching days yeah I'm going to be on Thursday now Deanna's going to be on Tuesday yeah I'll probably be Tuesday nights um, and then Force Family Fun is going to be tentative this week. Yeah. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do it because Thanksgiving. Yeah. Naturally. I'm not leaving my house. That's fair. Um, and then the last, this is a plug for my series that I've been doing, uh, a post-series. Um, the final vinyl highlights is going to be out tomorrow, today, if you're listening to this when it's a podcast. Um, and we're actually not talking about a video game vinyl, but we are talking about my favorite vinyl that I own. So... Um. Yeah, that's it. We got questions now. Yeah. Chat, ask us things, but I I have like five. Um, so what is your favorite song right now, and what makes it your favorite? Uh, let me go through my Spotify real quick. Yeah, th I need to do that too. <laughs> I, what I am play, I enjoying listening to? Uh, I, like when I when I really like a song, I just play like that Same. one song and only that one song for like a week. Yeah, I've so. been really like so for, for sick of music. For guilty so. pleasure. Um, you can thank Victor for this. It's the Trap Queen remix. <laughs> the Japanese Trap Queen. 
I've been listening to it pretty much all weekend, and I'm like, this is actually pretty legit. Okay, I have a couple. I have In terms three. of actual songs, yeah. um, I've got I've got three songs that I've been listening I read, to nonstop. I really listened to uh, "Coloring Book" by Chance the Rapper, his <laughs> first album. Uh, "Same Drugs" is a really, really fucking good song. <laughs> and like, if <sighs> there, there was something personal that happened that like it really like resonated with me like quite well. So yeah, let's just say that. Um, sure. Again. I've also been my favorite playlist I made on Spotify is my cheesy '80s playlist. So I listen to "Only Time Will Tell" by Asia like almost every day. <laughs> it's just a good fucking tune. Uh, mine are, and I've been playing these like almost equally now that I think of it. Is um, God, where was it? Uh, "The Matriarch" by Unleash the Archers is a fucking fantastic power metal song. Listen to it. That album came out this year. I forget what the album's called. But the song is "The Matriarch." It's so good. Uh, and then uh, two songs by Man with a Mission, My Hero and Dog Days. And Man with a Mission is a Japanese alternative rock band, and they're really, really cool. My Hero is like, it's pretty much like Japanese Rage Against the Machine. And uh, Dog Days is just super, super catchy. It's really, really good. Yeah. My Hero is the opening to Inuyashiki, and you all should watch Inuyashiki. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, Sydney, what have you been listening to? What's your favorite song and why? I just have been like letting my music play. I don't really like listen to anything in particular. I have a soft rock playlist that I play when I'm not, when I like can't sleep. Hmm. But other than that, it's just been like, I discovered Lana Del Rey the other day because I live under fucking rock. And so I've just been listening to that for like four days straight. Okay. My favorite song right now is probably um, The Uncanny Valley, which is off the titular album by Perturbator. Um, Perturbator? Yeah, Perturbator. And I really like it because it builds into this, like, really, really nice, just, like, gritty synth crescendo, and it fades out for, like, a straight minute at the end. It's so good. Um, it's also a really good driving song. And I listen to it constantly at night. Perturbator in general makes really good like driving fucking, songs. He, he created a, a character on one of his first albums called the Night Driving Avenger. Of course he's <laughs> going to have good like nighttime driving music. That's just, that's my piece. All right. <laughs> and I didn't pick that question just because I wanted to say that, I promise. <laughs> um, and then this one's going to be fun. Pick an architectural style to erase from history out of the following. Gothic. Classical, Victorian, Italiante, Streamlined, Modern, uh, Contemporary, and Shingle Style. I, I, I don't know, know what like most of those are. Of those. Okay. Mm. Or pick your favorite. Well, they didn't mention Art Deco, so I can't say my favorite. <laughs> um, Art, Art Deco is the best architectural style. I literally can't picture any of these except for Gothic. <laughs> You can look them up if I you want. I can't. Uh, I have to have um, chat oh, open. I have chat here if you want to go do that. Um, um, I but I think if one had to go, it would have to be shingle style. Yeah. I'd say shingle style, sure. Shingle style or maybe but modern, the one that but modern is so... I love modern yeah. style, though. I don't know if yeah, I like I, the, I, like, I bubbly modern style, like, the, the like, sleek edges. Like I like the, crisp, crisp-ass yeah. edges. I, I don't think say, I can say shingle style just because that's just, like, New England home. That's true. Yeah. That's just New England house. I don't want New England exactly. house. <laughs> I like New England houses. But 
out of like every kind, we can just fucking get rid of brutalism I from all of us. I like brutalism. No, I like brutalism. Brutalism with like, have you seen Boston City Hall? That's yeah, brutalism. that's bad brutalism. No, I, I don't like, I to like talk that about design. That. I genuinely do. Uh, I like um, like Cambridge brutalism. Uh, I think it's <laughs> ugly. I think it's I real know, ugly. I, I think brutalism is also like the cyberpunk architecture style. So yeah. you know. I I, we can keep like it. Brutalism, brutalism is like if you took that fucking painting of like all the staircases just in random positions and yeah. then turned it into architecture. <laughs> turned it into architecture and made it square. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what I was I looking like up. I only Speaking, remember three of Speaking them. Speaking of brutalism, actually, did you know that uh, Boston City Hall has been officially voted the ugliest building in the world? But Copley Square Church has been voted the most beautiful building yes. in the world. True. There's a, there's an entire in town in Massachusetts world. that have been designed yeah. by the guy who designed the Copley Square, Copley Square Church. Yeah, I think there are uglier buildings in the world. Oh yeah, I mean, the, speaking of buildings, there's an amazing. And there are prettier buildings in the world. Oh, I agree. Yeah, could not agree more. But um, <laughs> there's an amazing Instagram page. It's called Evil Buildings. Yes, yes, so good. Um. I don't know architecture very well, and I forgot what I was looking up, so I don't really have a point in this, but I like shingle style. Yeah. Okay. It just looks like house, and I like houses, because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. This is a, a quick tangent. I do dislike when they play scary movies in houses, because it's like, fuck, I live in a house, for the most part. I don't. I don't or like in apartment, in, in apartment like, fuck, I live in an apartment. <laughs> I live in a home. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't know. Many more horror movies take place on the subways. No, I don't like it. I take the subway, man! <laughs> Me too. That's why I'm like, uh, that would be a great setting for a haunted house. It really would. The subway is like, whatever. We're not going to get it into the subway. It would be cool if they were in like, it's, the service super, tunnels yeah. of the oh, MBTA. It would be super possible like, to like make a... Like a, a minimalist, like atmospheric horror film just set in a train cart yeah. on the green line. Yep. Like yeah. that would be super cool. Can vouch. They're horrifying when you're in there and the lights mm-hmm. go off and the doors close and you scream, <laughs> I'm in had, here, and they don't open. I had a great theme for a haunted house for like Halloween Horror Nights or something. It's like a subway crash. Yeah. And it's like these weird ass like mole creatures come out and attack you. <laughs> oh, I think that'd be fucking terrifying. Um. Nah, you joined the Twitter and Discord. Hey, hey. welcome. Um, I'll get right on changing your role to uh, Slav Squad. <laughs> um, if you had to get a tattoo tonight, what would you get? Um, I don't know. Oh, I'm gonna get uh, can get Batman. My, my sh- no, I, I want to get something dumb. I yeah, want to get like something stupid. I had sentimental value to mine. <laughs> What, what would you get? Um, I would not get, hey there, demons, it's me, ya boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah, my other one says, uh, join fellow boinks at Big Doinks Online. Just, just wrote on me. Okay. <laughs> I would not get either of those. <laughs> Although my arm would portray the contrary. When I was in chorus, we were performing, um, uh, what was it? Fucking... It was Vivaldi. I remember that much. I forget what it's called. <laughs> but anyways, we were we had a guest conductor, and he's like a big, 
like a really big person when it comes to conducting in like an actual adult choir setting and he told us for like any time that we are going to perform think breathe sing think about what you're doing inhale and then fucking do it and i would get that tattooed on me i have no idea where probably my wrist because that's easy to hide i can just wear bracelets for the rest of my life (laughs) um i think if i had to like right now the first thing that's coming to mind is a semicolon right behind my ear Mm. um or like just a a a band right under either of my elbows i want to get um i've always had two tattoo ideas one is just like the sign of aries but with like a cool like dark green like outline to it is that your astrology sign yes I almost put a question about astrology on here, yeah. by the way. I almost had us all do our, our yeah. sun rising and moon signs. I like slightly hate my astrology sign just because it doesn't look pretty. It's just, it's just Aquarius, so it's just waves. Oh. It squiggles. <laughs> mine, mine, it's okay. The Aries sign is like a half-assed McDonald's logo, so. I hate mine, too. All, so, all so astrology if, signs just no, look No, no, Scorpio. So, so like, Scorpio what, looks if, great. what if for Aquarius, they wanted to find something else, but they just connected the lines the wrong way, and they're just like, oh, fuck it. Real talk, I have, like, a personal vendetta towards the person who made the astrology signs, <laughs> because Aquarius is the water bear, and it's an air element. Oh, yeah, okay, yep. 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 And I hate it. Um. <laughs> the other um, the other t- tattoo idea I had, it's kind of bro-ish, but hear me out. It's not barbed wire, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> You're good. No. Okay. It's not like a heart that says mom. <laughs> no, it says wow. At point. Yeah. Just no, that'd be wow. Pat. <laughs> no, it's such um, an Italian tattoo. Oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be like Celtic cross, but like my name. Um, my family's name is spelled out in Gaelic. Oh, that's oh. cool. It's gonna be like a. This, this is where it gets kind of bro. It's gonna be thorn, like thorns going around my arm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. See, that's not barbed wire, so you're good. You're on or, like the or, good or, side or, of broish. Um, or random kanji that says like I, I like chicken. Like, yeah, my, my yeah, Chinese just, food order. Just that happened to a friend of mine. It actually, it, it's, he thought it translated out to like, like love and peace, but it translated out to like, I love chicken. Oh my God. Oh, I would, okay, so I, I love, I love, I love another like one. That. I would get one of those, but like get it to, to be like uh, smoke big doinks. And I just tell people it'd be like, it stands Bro, for like is. spirit. It stands for tranquility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always tranquility, peace, or... Um, I thought about another quick one, mm-hmm. just because like I really fucking love David Bowie, and I was very sad when he died. I would get uh, the Aladdin Sane lightning bolt, probably oh. somewhere like on my finger. Just That's like cool. I'd get it, I'd real get a little. Tattoo. I'd want to get like uh, an inhaler just tattooed like. <laughs> <laughs> You should get it on your just wrist. Like, and it's like just like a really really tiny. You should get it right over where your heart is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, they should get, like, have the, get the heart tattoo that says mom, but instead replace it with a picture of an inhaler. And just say, Wheezy. <laughs> um, you can always do what Steve-O did. Just get a tattoo of yourself. No. On your, on your back. Uh, instead of doing, doing this, just with the inhaler. Um, Amy said, I would definitely get the Zelda logo on my arm. And then uh, Greg said, Mark of the Hunter on my forearm from Bloodborne. Oh, okay. I didn't know what you just said. If I had to get, like, if it was an all-expenses-paid tattoo and I had to get one tonight, I'd get, like, a full back tattoo. Is there no pain attached to this as well? 
Yes. Okay. Probably. Because I would totally do back if it didn't hurt like a bitch. Mm. If I didn't have the pain tolerance of like a child. Yeah. I would do. I don't know what I'd do on what my would, back. I a... might do um, the Hanya from Yakuza Zero that or mm. Yakuza that um, Majima has, or um, I might do like the Akira pill. Good for health, bad for education. Oh yeah. I might regret that one though, because that's very plain. Mm. So I'd have to beef it up. What would be, what would be a video? I mean, you probably you just answered that, but what would be like a video game thing like that you get for a tattoo? I I would also get the mark of the hunter. Yeah. I I because that I, that would be another like behind the ear yeah. tattoo for me. Mine would be really really dumb and very small. I'd get a little Korok and just stick him somewhere. <laughs> A Korok seed? No, just a like... Fing- a finger Korok seed would be pretty cool. But it can't be on the finger. It's gotta be somewhere, like, secretive. Like, oh, you found me. Like a... It's <laughs> a tramp stamp. <laughs> it's, like, underneath the band of my bra. <laughs> uh, if I had to get, if I had to get like, a sternum tattoo, I'd get the... the something similar to what Rihanna has. The, yeah. like, Egyptian symbol. I think that's very cool. Probably. And this is, like, super fucking generic... But Akuma, Akuma sign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, was going to say the same thing. Akuma back tattoo. I wouldn't do a back tattoo. I'd do it on my, my shoulder. No, you got to go um, all You got to do the mesats just entirely. Um, I'd probably... Amy, I'm sorry. Oh, Amy also suggested get a super realistic tattoo of a spider on your neck so everyone no, tries to whack no, it off. No. No. I'd, I'd, I'd wake die. up and think that was real one Yeah. Day. I would too. It's bad enough when I dye my hair and then forget it the next morning. I'm like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) I'd want to get... I feel like that's something that would absolutely happen to me if I did it. Yeah. Like, Um, I would never get used to it, ever. I'd want to get tattooed somewhere. uh, Greatness from Small Beginnings. That's Mm. not really Nathan Drake's motto, but he stole it. I mean... (laughs) I think I might get in, like, if I had to get a script font. I'm putting all sorts of stipulations on these. But absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm. I like that phrase. Um, All right, let's move on from this question. We've been on it a while. Uh, Do you believe in astrology or tarot? Astrology. Astrology or tarot. And if not entirely, parentheses, why? All right. Uh, Bathroom, because this is... (laughs) Okay. I had to pee. All right. I thought you were, like, bad voodoo shit. <laughs> Colin doesn't believe in voodoo. We'll wait for him to answer this question. I, um, I don't necessarily second. believe in it. Okay. Uh, I find, especially tarot cards and what they represent and all that kind of stuff, I find it really cool. Mm-hmm. I find it, like, super interesting. But a lot of it is, like, super fucking vague. Yeah. And a lot of it is just, oh, okay, that's just... Literally anything that can fit on anyone at any time. Yeah, like thanks for an advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of how I feel about it. Like, I feel like astrology with like the fortunes and things, mm-hmm. they're very like cookie cutter and like could apply yeah. to anybody. Yeah. I do feel like the personality traits are accurate. I don't know how they happen based on like literally when you were born. Right. But I do find that a lot of like the strong, like you're stubborn or you tend to like not enjoy the company of people or like yeah. you i don't know feel uncomfortable in like familiar situations like those i feel like do fit mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how that works though right. but i it's, feel like the trend works it's weird about that kind of stuff because a lot of it like are, are you talking about like 
to yourself or like to others? To others and to myself. Okay. Because like when it comes to like the yourself stuff, a lot of that is like placebo effect shit. Where like you'll read it and they'll be like, yeah, I guess I am like that. Just for all of them. That's fair. Yeah. For others, it's it's different. But like mm-hmm. for, for like personal stuff, it's very much so just like if you read it, you're like, yeah, you'll you'll like intentionally find things you've done to make you believe it. Like that's just how the human mind works. Yeah. And as for tarot cards, I think they're really fucking cool. Yeah, I think they're super cool. Like I'm gonna soon, I'm gonna get a set of Shadowrun tarot. Oh, I'm so excited. Like Finally. I, I super dig the style. I think it's really cool how you yeah. can like dissect the meanings of them to yeah. have different things to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like I don't know, I'm kind of into those like weird voodoo shit things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted to have my palm read and, like, gone to a fortune teller and things like that. But, like, I don't want to go to a sketchy one. Yeah. So I'm yeah, not going to go to the ones above, like, Chinatown. I don't want to go to any of them because they charge, like, $100 a that session. That, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, not that in need of yeah. finding anything out. And thanks. also, for, for tarot cards, if, if you're superstitious, there is this thing about buying tarot cards where you're never supposed to buy a set for yourself. Right, you're supposed to be... You're supposed uh, to get someone else to buy it and give it to you. Really? I've, I've like read cursed. I've read the opposite. Really? Where it's like you're supposed to find a tarot set if you intend on reading them. Mm. And like doing readings, you're supposed to find a set that speaks to you in one way or another. Yeah, that's oh. what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's supposed it's to be like, a really personal thing. Like you're supposed to have a connection with your deck yeah. so that you can, I don't know, fucking channel some energy into it and this is coming from someone who wants to get a set of tarot cards. Yeah. You're supposed to channel some fucking energy into it <laughs> and be like, okay, now I'm reading your energy. I don't think, like, tarot's like a definitive yeah, fortune-telling no. method. No, absolutely not. In the, not. not in the slightest. But I do think it, it can open your eyes to some advice that you weren't either willing to hear or, like, weren't going to get anywhere else. Tarot cards, in a nutshell, kind of remind me of English class, where, like, you're searching so hard for a meaning, you make meaning. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's a, it's a good really tool fun. for that. Yeah. That they're definitely works. fun. I don't think the the more complicated you get with a spread, the like either it could go either way. Yeah. Uh and it depends on how far out like if you're doing a, a Celtic cross spread. Yeah. Um it depends on how far out you ask questions for. Yes. Because then you could just like placebo effect like, oh I got a I got a tarot card reading and it said I was gonna be fine in like a year. Yes. <laughs> you know? So I, I think they're okay. I think they're I think they're at least a little legit. Yeah. Like I said, I, I find like the actual like meanings behind the cards and like their intents like super cool. Oh yeah. Like, really, really interesting. I love reading up reading up on it. But like eh, I don't know. I also just like the art. Yeah, the art's really like gorgeous. The art's real nice. <laughs> I have a promotional tarot cards from Persona Four because they got the little sets yeah. that came with the fighting game and Persona Q. And I got Ultimax and my brother got Persona Q, so we just have the full set. Nice. That's awesome. All right, Colin, what are your opinions on tarot and astrology? I go to the bathroom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in astrology. I mean. Okay. Yeah. I believe in astrology the more in-depth you get. Yeah. It's a very interesting topic, too. Yeah. I don't believe that it was like, fucking energy is born into you as you're born. Like, no. Like, I, I think that there are correlations, but I don't think it's entirely Although, I'm, I'm not too super familiar with tarot. Okay. So, astrology by default. <laughs> Um, and then finally, I actually do have to draw something for this. <laughs> okay, like I've been looking at that diagram this whole time, and I've been really curious as to what this is going to turn into. All right. 
So I got lost trying to find the bathroom. Yeah, there's none on this Yeah, floor. there's yeah. not one on this floor. And I was like, oh, shit, shit, shit. Oh, shit, are we doing Punnett Squares? <laughs> okay, we're not okay. doing Punnett Squares. No. <laughs> Two gays make a third gay. Distinguished. No, I saw this with the uh, Overwatch Functional. characters. Functional and Mess. disaster. Disaster, yeah. Oh, no. Place yourself on the chart of gay by hetero, distinguished functional disaster. What do you mean by distinguished functional and disaster? Distinguished is like you've realized your full self. Functional is like you're doing okay, and then disaster is like help. In regards to <laughs> self or in regards to sexuality? Self. Okay. And then, and then this is obviously in regards to sexuality. Okay. That's what I was confused about. I'm can like, you see this entire chart? on? Yeah, you can see this entire chart on Twitch. Do you like my rendition? <laughs> I was wondering what, like, a distinguished gay meant. Like, did you just wake like, up in the morning and be like, gay I'm like, gay? Yeah, distinguished <laughs> gay is like... I'm like, super! Like, thanks for asking! <laughs> you know uh, that photo shoot that Jeff Goldblum did, like, a couple weeks ago where he was, like, no. just in his element? Okay. <laughs> in his Goldblum... Goldblumness. Well, he he's wearing, like, very fanciful printed sweaters and, like, skinny, like, pleated pants and, like, holding cats. That's probably where I'd put distinguished gay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know Jeff Goldblum's sexual orientation, but that's distinguished gay. <laughs> okay. Can I put myself on a grid? I was gonna say distinguished gay would be Elton John because he's Sir Elton John. That's true. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you automatic if you have Sir or Esquire, you are automatically in the distinguished category. Yeah. Does that mean Greg's distinguished? Yeah, Greg would probably be distinguished het. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Greg. <laughs> Actually, no, your, your guy five is longer than five. Distinguished by. <laughs> uh, I'd probably be under either functional by or distinguished by. Yeah, I kind of inhabit these two squares. Depends on the day. <laughs> so just, just, just put your initials like covering both squares. Covering both squares, okay. I fluctuate between disaster and functional. But Where? Hetero. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm the exact same, I would say. I was going to say functional hetero. Functional hetero. And yeah. Then... We did it! Is Yay. that what it's like when you have a job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of. Uh, all right. That was my last question. I thought that was going to take longer. No. Well, let's do everyone in the live cast now. <laughs> oh, no. Please. We'll be here for a while. <laughs> Elton John did tons of coke. I don't know if he's distinguished. Okay, let's move Elton John to functional. To well, uh, no, no, not no. anymore. Yeah, no, I, no. I knew that was coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. We did I was it. Like, I was gonna say not anymore, man. I know me it depends and, on the day. I know me and Darian ask questions on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, you do? I okay, answered okay, okay. my question on Facebook um, though. Because <laughs> I I usually well, we don't, don't check. So I yeah. didn't anticipate being on here. No, I usually don't check Facebook for some reason. I just feel like we get the least engagement there, but I keep forgetting that, like, like Every Darian. time we get a question on Facebook, it's Darian, Sydney, yeah. okay. and Colin. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think those are the only questions from people we've ever gotten on Facebook. It's, it's best to give them to me through Discord yeah. because I have, like, just a backlog. Yeah. I just haven't installed Discord on my phone again. I keep forgetting to. Oh, I deleted okay. Discord on my phone a while ago because the... 
It's just awful chatting with people on there All on right. the phone. It's so, it sounds so much better on the computer. Sorry. Yeah. Sydney's question was, if you could make a spinoff game for a side character, what would it be? Can I say mine since I already yeah, wrote it? Yeah, because I, I'm not going to read your answer for you. All right, that's <laughs> fine. Um, I'd like to see a Fire Emblem spinoff game with Lucina as the main, tag, main and protagonist. Just because she doesn't have a hell of a lot of character, but I feel like she's an internal character who doesn't really say, like, her, like, self through words. I feel like it's very, like, inside, and I feel like getting into her head would be interesting. Especially with the whole, like, dystopian future being a mess. Yeah. I feel like she'd just be an anime protagonist even in her head. Like, maybe. I don't know. Because that's, that's just kind of her character. I just don't play games with side characters for the most part. Yeah. I, mm, I'm either thinking Pyre. Uh, there's someone you meet that is hiring you initially. I would like a, a side game about him. Mm. Um, or I don't know if this is going to happen. Like I don't know if answers are going to be given to me yet. But I would like a side game about her from Ruiner. Mm. Um, and I would like a side game about Biker from Hotline Miami. Mm. So there's this great, there's already uh, a side game about this great, great side character. It's called Dorcas Emblem. <laughs> Where everyone is Dorcas. We were all Dorcas for a brief time. <laughs> we were all brief Dorcas, briefly Dorcas, like a, lot, a couple of times. We, we, we were all Re- Reese. Oh. Chris? Yeah. Chris, sorry. Chris. Reese? I thought you said Reese. <laughs> I, I don't know what my actual answer is. I have to think on it. Okay. But download Dorcas Emblem. It's a ROM hack. Fire Emblem 7 where everyone is Dorcas. Everyone is Dorcas. <laughs> everyone is Dorcas today. It's, it's, it's really, really great. Like that, uh, that, that legendary brawl hack where everyone was Sonic. This is just that. That Dorcas. legendary brawl hack that doesn't exist. Why, well, yes, I do have four cans of LaCroix in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that stuff. I just like it because it's peach pear flavor. I can't find pear flavor anywhere else. I don't like peaches or pears or La Croix. <laughs> Probably not. That's French. That's not something that like the class that's going to be in here tomorrow morning wants to see. No. Who, are these, who are these people and what is this? Maybe they'd be into it. Uh, I think Maybe it's a philosophy Sonic class. Not. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sweet. Like, look, what a coincidence. We're going to talk about this chart too. I, I'd have um, to. I actually have to think of my side character. I had, I had one like, um, I had a good one, but I just thought of one. Well, you know, Revolver Ocelot has been through a lot of shit, and I would love to see a game starring him. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I would, I would love to see. Um, Amy a said, Revolver Ocelot game. Uh, I think Tales from Sonic needs his own game. We had one for Game Gear, but it was Game Gear. Yeah. I want to see how it would be yeah. to fly around and do stuff. That yeah. There's so many like J- there's so many like RPG characters you'd love to see, but. I don't know. I feel like for a lot of those characters, like the more story that, that gets fleshed out, the less like interesting they become. Mm. Like I love Frog from Chrono Trigger, but if you got a full game of just Frog, I think I'd be really bored. Yeah, yeah. Because you can only talk faux Shakespearean for so long. <laughs> um. Shall we move on? I think I have one. Okay. I don't know if you wanted to pass yeah. or. No, I think. I actually don't know if this is. A th- I don't think this is a thing. Outside of, like, being able to play as him in, like, games that aren't his own. But I want a Mega Man game designed around just Proto Man. 
Yes. Like, yes. I, I, just, I just want it to be just him. Like, I don't want Mega Man stages, but you can pick Proto Man and he has a shield. I, I, I want to play as Proto Man in levels that are designed for Proto Man's specific skill set. Also, really Amy, cool. Amy changes their answer. Uh, a Waluigi game would be a must-have. Yes. yes. Hard agree. Um, it, would be, it would be really cool if um, it was like a side story that happened during Adam Jensen's plot lines in the Deus Ex universe. Mm. Like, what mm. if there was a second AUG that Seraph Industries built that we don't know about? Just because that's a universe that you can just... There's so much you can do with it. And like, Adam Jetson's a great character, don't get me wrong. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the characters in that universe are awesome, but I want to see more of it, man. Like, yeah. Um, and finally, uh, Darian asks, if you ever made a game for jokes and memes, what would be a joke... Uh, DLC or cosmetic you'd make. Example, Smite has a such cold dog meme skin. Uh, I'd probably do. Um, okay. This is lame. Right. I'd have the Juggernaut in All vs. Capcom Infinite, but but he's the Juggernaut bitch. Um, I don't know how I would do this, but I, it would just be the B emoji. I know exactly how <laughs> I would do this. It would be just any. Any action RPG, dungeon crawler, whatever, anything with weapons, and then just do the stupid meme where everything is named something else. Oh, the the um Tom Haverford thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cold blasters. <laughs> you pick up giant needle boy. It's a sword. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Um Would you like to engage a swamp swamp goop man? It's just a, just a, would you like to engage the swampy boy? Oh my God. <laughs> Everything's boy. <laughs> Everything's boy. I, w I would also make a, a game with just like, this is a spicy boy, and it's, in the, it's a, a, a grunt in the lava kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th I, think, I think I have one. So um, I would make like some sort of like Pokemon or like Shin Megami Tensei-esque like monster catching game yeah. and shit. And there will there'll just be an option. Like, you'll be able to unlock it, like, halfway through the game. Or maybe it'll be, like, a reward for beating it. Where it just replaces all of the art for the monsters with, like, the monsters but drawn by, like, three-year-olds. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Amy said, replace Slenderman with Doge. Those eyes following you in the darkness. Oh. Mm -hmm. I'd be okay with that. Replace Slenderman with Jeff the Killer. <laughs> that would be... Uh, I don't know. How, I really want to figure out how I'd work the B emoji into things. Hold on. Actually, I think I'd just do like a reg oh, like hard-ass RPG, like a hard-ass yeah. cyberpunk RPG, but it's text-based, and every Oof. B is the B emoji. Every single you one. A mod for Deus Ex where every answer is, I never asked for this. <laughs> also a mod for Cooking Mama where every time you add yeast, it's yeast. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just, I don't care how old ye is. You know what, I a, really enjoy ye. It's, it's a timeless it's a meme. You know, here, here, it is a timeless here, here's, meme. Here's one Dan will appreciate. <laughs> one of McCree's, McCree has, has a new win, win pose. <laughs> it's the dude from Big Enough. It's the dude from Big Enough. <laughs> but no, but no, but no, but, but no, no, it's, a new, it's him doing the yell. He's screaming. 
<laughs> and no, and then Mercy's other highlight intro is her doing the whistling. <laughs> I'd be take I'd be any fun. horror game, uh, and take like the the big scary dude in any horror game, and and just place it with Naruto. <laughs> Oh, Nemesis. Instead of going, <laughs> stars. I can't believe it to finally get to Diablo, and it's just, and it's just Naruto. Naruto. But like, but like, Naruto. <laughs> but like, full, like, like, Naruto blown up, or just like Naruto's like face on the monster? It's anything. Uh, question from Amy. Does anyone know the Henlo Lizard meme? Oh, is that from Jomni Sun? Maybe. Did he do that? I know he wrote an entire book uh, called Everyone... Uh, Everyone's an alien, alien when you're an alien too. I I have a question for you, Diana. Yeah. Was there a wizard meme that happened like during the week? Because I went on Tumblr a couple days ago and my entire dashboard was just wizards. Probably not. <laughs> Tumblr just really likes wizards. Okay, that, I that's... love that picture of the one wizard levita- levitating in a fucking crowded subway car, and underneath it's just in bold in big letters. On my way to Target! Yeah, it was that one. But without the text. It was just like wizards in like completely contemporary society. No, that's just... They're just like, I'm at the grocery store, even though I look like fucking Gandalf. That's an anime called The Ancient Magus' Bride. Came out this season. Uh, There's a Shrek Swamp Simulator that's basically Slenderman, but with Shrek. And you go into a burning house and Donkey is burning, saying, I'm making waffles. Oh, oh no. Um, all right. Ooh, we are at time, actually. Okay. One, one more thing <laughs> yeah. before we end, though. Yeah. Uh, is is, a, is a le- an extra little fun fact. Um, so you, you, you started singing the German Naruto opening. Yeah. Apparently, that's also the opening in, like, all of Europe. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> because, uh, you know, I did it at lip sync night. Yeah. And after I finished, I walked down, and Eduardo just came up to me, and he was like, that was also the opening in Spain. Oh like, I was so confused when you said German because I thought it was something different and it was just also the Spanish opening. Yeah, I think it was just popularized by yeah. the German, just Naruto culture. But I, <laughs> Naruto <laughs> culture. Naruto culture. Uh. <laughs> the only culture where everybody runs perpendicular to the ground. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Greg also won our little lip sync night. Not our lip sync night, but VJ's lip sync yeah. night. I got second place. Greg got, and Dan got third. A- so we got, we had a little bit of a life cast sweep. <laughs> I would have won if I showed up on time. Um, I retweeted the videos of my performance that our good friend Ash took. Oh, God, uh, yes. And I did running in the 90s with a cardboard car strapped to my chest. It was oh, fucking you? incredible. So did you end up going on the train with the, with the cardboard? No, I, I, I took it out. I, I realized I would have had to gone on the, like, walked without my jacket, like, zipped up, and I was um, not about to do that. <laughs> okay, yeah. We got to wrap up, but because we're at an hour 20 now. Oh, hour 22, an hour 23. Okay. Um, <laughs> we got a little out of hand at the end, but that's fine. That's, that's okay. Right. We were having a good time. Um, thank you for listening to and watching uh, episode 89 of the LifeCast. We will be back next week with episode 90. Um, I don't know Damn. what we're doing for episode 100 yet. That's, Nobody does. That's going to be on February 5th. Um, yeah. Enter our giveaways. Uh, follow us on social media. Look at our other content because we do do a lot of it now. Um, all right. That's it. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
Jazz Hands.